1: This is Dr. Mariah White, host of Your Life Matters. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media.
2: Hello, my name's Kim Meyer, host of Choose to Rise. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. And when you're done with this episode, I hope you'll come check out my show, Choose to Rise, where I talk all about finding your inner strength, improving confidence, and loving who God made you to be. I bring tips and strategies and things that have helped me rise up to be my current best self and hope that you can do the same. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can find my show on Apple Podcasts, publichousemedia.org, and choosetoriseup.com. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. Welcome to the C Jane
3: Cell Podcast, a relatable sales podcast for your weekly dose of sanity. I'm your host, Chelsea Dupre, and I'm your host, Lee Nevis.
2: Welcome to another episode of C Jane Sell Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see it, but Chelsea was doing cheerleader moves. So I was went along with that.
3: <laughs> Wrists were straight. Mm-hmm. Movement was precise. It was great. I know what I was doing. You were you were really killing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um we have a great guest.
2: Her name Y'all is Becca. Yes,
3: Becca. She's so great. And what I think about when I think about Becca is I'm driving in my car, and I'm like, man, I have some motivational things that I want to share with everybody. Mm -hmm. But then I can't do it. Mm -hmm. But Becca can. Becca can. Becca is, you know, like you say, the whole women should support women, women need to be nice to women. She's the poster child
2: for that. She is all about it. Yes.
3: She doesn't even like she says it, but she doesn't have to say it. She. You know it through her actions
2: completely, and she's she's doing this through. Um, she works with well. Her first her Instagram handle is women mm-hmm. underscore, underscore do, do, which is tight, and I love the name. Already killing it there. Second, she works a lot with female athletes, um, and with a nonprofit here in Louisville called uh, Girls on the Run or yep. cr- yeah, yeah, girls, girls on the Run, run. Um, that essentially just gets young girls together and teaches them like why. You know, certain things are bad, and why you're supposed to be, you know, nice to it's people. Important of body image. Yes, and, and oh my gosh, body image, which is so important to talk about it at really a young is. age, because at any so, age, yes. But like,
3: and it, but but I know what you're saying, like, yeah. you're so. What's the word? Impressionable. Yeah, it instills qualities in you at you're that younger. young age. So I think it's really important educate ourselves on how we should address body image when talking to young girls
2: mm-hmm. oh or my gosh. your and children completely. or yourself yeah. or yourself
3: <laughs> because you have this thing in your body called a spirit and it feels it and it knows what you're saying mm-hmm. and
2: don't tarnish your spirit yes that's such a good I feel like that was kind of a, the theme of like our whole interview of just like stop a being so hard on, hard on yourself and be like stop putting yourself down and just like being confident in who you are and being
3: well and this is something that I feel this is from me personally Mm -hmm. as I've gone on this journey called life Mm -hmm. it hasn't been that long thank heavens I mean I don't want to get old Mm -hmm. but I've learned a few things on the way and one of those things is you know you don't you are not alive to make money and lose weight. You are not alive. You did not come to this earth to work and lose weight. Yep. There is so much more to that. And so I want to have a body that I love and that I feel confident in. But I also have to, I've gotten on a different train of thought that that doesn't have to happen overnight. It can be, you have your whole life to perfect your body. You have your whole entire life. Mm-hmm. So why not try to do the little things about eating healthier, being more active. hmm My coach said something to me that I thought was really crazy. I shouldn't say it to me. She posted about it. Um, And she said, when you have a dog that's overweight and you take them to the vet, you don't put them on intermittent fasting or the keto diet. You give them better food. You control their portions and you exercise them. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: That's what you do. Yeah. And I think. That's just something that I've taken with me as far as, like, body image and how I address it. So that way it's not, like, always talking bad about myself, which hurts me and then hurts those around me. Mm-hmm. was something we talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. But also it gives me a little bit of a break. Like, I have my whole life to do this. You do. And my body is great. Like, it can yeah. walk. It can touch. It can feel. It can move. That's what you have
2: to be aware of. So great. As like,
3: and I'm thankful for that. I'm thank
2: you, thank have You have to body. be completely... And you have to be thankful for your body no matter how you look. Because especially, like, there's some people out there who have, like, ridiculous medical conditions. That they're not going to ever be, like, super skinny. Or they're not ever going to, like, be able to be this curvy, perfect person. Stop talking like, about me. <laughs> but it's like, you have to realize that body image is just such, like, a crazy illusion that has been marketed to us by... Just like social media and like how you're supposed to look and like what's desirable or whatever. If you like you and you like how you look and you feel good, then you have an awesome body, and that's what you have to just. Well, I think the embrace. biggest thing is just be healthy. Well, yeah, if you feel right? good, completely. you're gonna be healthy. Just if you're not healthy, you won't feel good. No, no, completely. Put the good things in your body. Yes. Be healthy. And yes. Put yourself some slack. Yes, drink water. Drink. Eat your vegetables take a nap every once in a while <laughs> drink
3: your water yeah that's the best advice I can give you having yeah. a bad day well how much water have you drank
2: I know that's every time that Chelsea and I are having a bad day I feel like it's just a continuous circle of one person asking the other well have you drink water today
3: <laughs> are you like well hydrated like because... I feel
2: so terrible so
3: But anyways, that's what we talk about. And she is great. And she talks about coping with failure. You know, she Mm -hmm. works with athletes. Athletes that have a dream and get hurt. Mm -hmm. And how they cope with that. And how she helps them cope with that. Mm -hmm. So from young girls that are 10, 12, 15 to college D1 athletes. Mm -hmm. I almost said athletics. (laughs) Athletics. So it's athletes. (laughs) Um, She talks about. From body image and self-image and self-worth to overcoming trials to overcoming defeat. Mm -hmm. got to pick yourself up and embrace the failure. You don't have to welcome it and encourage,
2: like, yes, I failed. Uh,
3: But, you know, move on.
2: Embrace it and move on.
3: What did she say that I really loved? She um, redirected.
2: There we go. Redirect it. Redirect this to the interview, please. Yes. (laughs) Well, we won't. Um, I guess we'll just like stop talking about the interview and let you listen to it.
3: Because it's so great.
2: Because it is great.
3: Thank you so much, Becca, for coming on. We love you.
2: Oh, she's awesome. And we talk we talk a little bit about the US Women's National team, which
3: made me very excited. And if you listen, you would not be surprised.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you would not be surprised by my past. Cool. All right. Well, without further ado, here is Becca with Women Do. <laughs>
3: Welcome to today's podcast. We have Becca from Women Do um, joining us today and talking about all the things that have got her where she is and why she started. So without further ado, Becca. Hello. Thank you for
1: having me. Very Yay. excited to be here. Yeah. So
3: one of the things that we think is really cool that you just shared with us is where you came up with Women Do. Underscore do is your name. Yes, on Instagram, really cool. follow, follow me. Underscore yes. do. You have yeah. to say the underscore. <laughs> yes, always. So yeah. I know you just told us, but share with everybody where you got your name from, because I think that's pretty cool.
1: So as I told them, it'll sound a little crazy, so bear with me. <laughs> um, but it just came from, I always had this continued passion for um, female empowerment and doing things that really affected women and helping them with self-image. And unfortunately, I had a couple failures along the way, a couple ideas that didn't go as well. And I had done a blog actually five or six years ago, just was really afraid to share it out there. So I just kind of wrote it for myself. And that ended up kind of going away. I tried to start a program at work that ended up also failing in a sense, um, but redirecting me as I like to say. And I was just in church one day and the minister was just discussing how, how are you going to affect change in the world? What is your place? And just in my head popped women do, which I know sounds a little crazy. Um, but I mean, I am religious. So to me, it's not that crazy. It just felt like this was in a sense, something saying to me, like, don't give up on your passion for writing and your passion for women, women just create what you want to create. And so that's kind of how women do started.
3: That's, that's incredible. Really cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that.
1: So you work
3: with a lot of women. I do. And, <laughs> which is cool. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you're, you are in sports medicine. That's correct. Yeah. And you work with a lot of athletic people, mm-hmm. and we're talking about how self-conscious and self-awareness and how all of that plays in together. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Um. And I wanted to just, I don't know, necessarily pick your brain, but have you share, like, what, when you're with somebody, you can have the most confident athletic person, and deep down they don't feel good about themselves.
1: Um, and that's what's been the craziest for me from my experience, so as I told you guys, um, I'm an athletic trainer, which for me, I've done mostly the college setting. So that means I'm with athletes 24 seven sometimes. And, and yes, it's about their injuries, but it tends to be sometimes they're in the athletic training room and they start talking while we're doing a rehabilitation or they just start to come in because they feel like you're someone that they can trust because they're around you so often. And what I started to find, which I think Always surprised me is that it never mattered how athletic they were, how smart they were. They always felt like there was still this level of perfection that they weren't hitting or that they needed, they always needed to be better. And they Mm -hmm. would look to social media, which we all love, but (laughs) is dangerous at the same time for these examples of who they needed to be or what they needed to look like. Mm -hmm. And it was just working with them that I thought, okay, we've got like a huge self-confidence crisis Mm -hmm. and how can I just working with these women either one-on-one or if I was with them traveling with their teams, how do I shut down some of that negative self-talk that they would have Mm -hmm. and also encourage them to just believe in who they were and understand that who they were was more than enough. They weren't they didn't need to strive for this perfection that I feel like a lot of us women feel we have to strive for.
2: Yeah. I love that. Especially because I think it's really hard to be an athlete because you're literally competing all the time. You're competing against people. It's not just like a you know, we're not like on a rec league here for fun. Like when you're in college athletics you're constantly striving to be the best. So it's really hard to find the balance of being the best and striving to always get better but also not speaking to yourself negatively while like on that climb. Yeah. So I feel like that has to be really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> to kind of, you know, teeter that line.
1: Well, and there's also, I mean, research shows, not to nerd out on research, but um, research <laughs> shows that obviously some of the sports where they have to wear smaller uniforms, gymnastics, cheerleading, volleyball, there's even more self-conscious, they've become more self-conscious and have more issues. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, unfortunately coaches are not equipped to understand that. And then no offense to male coaches, there's so many fabulous male coaches out there, but dealing with females who are perfectionists, because that's a lot of how they got to be high level athletes Mm -hmm. but also figuring out how do you make sure that as a team they're encouraging each other but as an individual are also understanding that failure is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. that you can you know you can everybody's self-conscious but how you help them overcome that and it's amazing you'll see some of the most When they're on the court or on the field, you're like, that person is ridiculously confident. Like, there is no way. And then you talk to them aside and you realize that might be where they feel most confident. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, they have a hard time with themselves. And so it's just, it's a lot. There's a lot of pressure on athletes in general. And then Mm -hmm. I think for female athletes, it's even a little different. Mm -hmm. And for women in general, it just kind of sucks sometimes. Gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) To be honest, it just sucks sometimes, so. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, I really, I love, I mean, I've always been a huge sports fan. Like, I I follow women's soccer a lot. I mean, it's now, see, like, Chelsea knows this, and I don't know if you know this or not, Um, but, like. I'm also
1: obsessed with U.S. women's soccer. Okay, good.
2: Perfect. (laughs) But I've always been, like, such a huge advocate, because for me, like, I was never, involved in sports when I was younger. I played a little bit when I was in, like, elementary school, but I was, like, really bad. And then I gravitated more towards, like, the arts and towards, like, theater and dance. But, like, I really wish that I would have stuck with sports because there has been, like, so many studies that have been done where, like, your self-confidence has been boosted. If you are a female that is in, like, an organized sports team or, like, your social skills are boosted, like, what do you think... Is the best way to like, because we have a lot of moms and stuff that listen to this show. What if they have like kids who don't really want to be in sports? Like, what do you think is like the easiest way to maybe like push them in? Just because I like, I really wish that my mom would have been like, Lee, play a sport. But instead, she was like, go off and dance some hula hoop or whatever in the yard. And I feel like I missed out on that like team building, like, you know. Aspect of
1: my adolescence. (laughs) So I grew up playing sports. I'm like the opposite of that. And what I am going to plug girls on the run because it's a fabulous program that I work with. What I have actually learned working with them, so this is one of those programs that if you have maybe um, a young female who's not really that interested in sports Mm -hmm. and you're, like, running, oh, gosh. It's not like that. Um, Yes, they do run, but it's (laughs) all very fun. And the thing that's beautiful about some of these groups, like Girls on the Run, and obviously I can only speak to that because that's the one I work with, but there's other great programs. Mm -hmm. Is that what they do is they get these girls together and they kind of do a lesson at the beginning and it's all about the girls and they're like eight, nine, ten, they're so adorable. I can't even describe to you. Um, they get them together and they talk about different things, like why gossiping is bad and why other females are really your friends, not your competition. And then at the end they do running and I have been now to like site visits with these young girls mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of girls that don't play sports for the most part. And they will always say to me like, Oh, I didn't think I would like this cause I don't like to run, yeah. but it's that camaraderie that they get from something yeah. like that. So it may not be like a parent may not find in just your normal sports setting the right fit for maybe um, someone who's not, who doesn't really like sports, but in a program like girls on the run. It's amazing how they open up and how, like, I mean, there are just these girls that are like, I didn't like running. And then they're like making me run their laps with them. And then when they do their event and we, it's not a race, it's an event. Cause the point is we don't want to promote competition. We just promote mm-hmm. having fun. Mm-hmm. These girls will bring like relatives with them that maybe have never exercised before. And they ask them to come run the 5k with them and they'll wear their tutus that they'll make in the program. And... They'll run with like their uncle who's never exercised. And there's just so much joy because what they're Mm -hmm. taught in that situation is kind of like you were saying, you kind of feel like you missed out on is that group environment. So it may not be through something like Girls on the Run, but I do think there are programs like that for younger females that Mm -hmm. offer, you know, you don't want to do organized sports, but that offers an outlet for them where they still get that same camaraderie team group. um, And there's such good lessons for them too.
2: That's cool love that that's incredible so
3: my thing that sticks out to me is you have these amazing women who are extremely talented who obviously are they're playing at college level sport stuff mm-hmm. okay <laughs> sport stuff. <laughs> sports and stuff yay and uh they have all these issues like self-image what do you say to somebody with that how do you help someone get out of a bad self-image
1: Well, um, I mean, I I guess I would always say if there's serious issues, of course, there needs to be referrals for that. And, you know, it is really unfortunate. Um, I've dealt with a lot of female athletes with eating disorders and some Mm -hmm. serious issues. And obviously, that's been a referral. But let's say we're talking, but it's also talking to even that person. It's not just like, I can't Mm -hmm. talk to you anymore. Um, I always find for myself, it's like, where why is this coming up so maybe in the past three or four years i've realized for myself That when I start to feel self-conscious about my body, it typically relates to something at work that I don't have control over. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been told no. Yeah, like, I've been told no, or I feel like a project I worked really hard on is all of a sudden not going well. And for me, all of a sudden, it's like, what is the thing apparently in my my crazy female brain all of a sudden that I think I can control? Well, apparently, I think I can control the way I look. Mm -hmm. And so I even noticed, like, so the past couple days, I kind of had a rough week last week at work.
3: So the past (laughs) couple days,
1: I was, like, really harder on myself. And I'm like, what is going on? And it hit me last night. I'm like, because you've had a harder last week, all of a sudden now you're projecting that onto yourself. So I always, one, like, what is the root of it? And it's always different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I became, I think, more self-conscious because... When I was 16, I worked for a terrible retail store. I have scars on my knees from surgeries. And basically they told me to cover them up because it didn't fit with the um, brand's reputation. Ew. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, so I know it's disgusting now, right? But when I was 16, all I could think was like, oh my god. Oh, for sure. I have all these know. imperfections. Yeah, exactly yeah I, like I didn't 16. know this was like oh. a bad thing to have. Gosh. So that's where it started for me. So it's like, It's always asking, like, why do you feel this way? Mm -hmm. And really getting to the purpose of that. But then I think in a lot of ways it's just talking to women. I mean, we're so hard on ourselves that when just, like, another woman or female says to you, like, you look so beautiful today. Or that's not what's important. Mm -hmm. What's important is what you have going on here or what you're doing here. You're such a good person. Like, why is this the thing that you're letting hold you back. I just think it's so often when we're self-conscious, there are no real conversations about it. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, I think for young females, it's just having, and I think it can be their friends too, but I think it's also having a voice of someone who's been like, I've been there Mm -hmm. and I understand why you feel this way, but let's talk about how do we get you out of feeling that way? Because these, this is not what matters or why are you feeling this way? And let's dig deeper into those feelings.
3: So if you came across a girl or a woman who was having body image problems, like I'm fat, and you're like, okay, well, what I'm taking away from what you're saying is it's not really that you think that you're fat. Maybe you, maybe you do like, need to lose some weight. But where is it really to? Yeah, yeah where is it really stemming from? Yeah, like maybe you could. I mean, real talk. There are people that feel fat that they could lose some weight to be healthy. But is that really where it's coming from? Probably not, especially with a younger girl, you know, like, or even like you were saying you had self-confidence or, or you were feeling bad about yourself. You have no reason to feel bad about yourself. You said something at work. So what, how would you go about helping somebody with that? Like, okay, well.
1: I mean, I think it's like, initially, I think it's always the words that we use. Mm -hmm. Um, I do this other fabulous thing called prom project. Oh my God, everybody should do it. It's these girls come in, and they're from underserved communities. Dresses have been donated, and I get to be a personal shopper, which is, like, my <gasps> favorite thing in the world. That's and amazing. I just walk these girls around, and we pers- we do personal shopping for their prom, and we pick out their dress and their shoes. And oh. these girls, like, they say such terrible things about themselves, mm-hmm. like that I'm fat yeah. or I don't look good. And it's like, no, this dress is wrong. So, like, let's reframe how we speak yeah. about ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's also situations where, I mean, unfortunately the females in our lives speak and I, I pray to God, but I know it happens all the time that they're not saying it to us, but you know, people hear what you say. So if Mm -hmm. your mom, you know, you're with your mom one time and she's like, I look so fat in this. All of a sudden that starts to get into your head too. Like that when you feel like you don't feel good, that must mean that you look fat, Mm -hmm. but that's probably not the case. And it's, we've never solved anybody's problem by shaming their body. No. Absolutely. And so if absolutely. we can not do that <laughs> and make them feel and just use the right words and understand if you're dressing somebody, literally, it is just, there's a million clothes in the world. Like at the end of the day, a million of those things are not going to all look good on you. Mm-hmm, but that's exactly. not your body. That's just the clothes. So let's like change the mindset of how we talk about our bodies but also Mm -hmm. how we talk about other bodies and just change the words that we use yeah well
3: it makes me feel so sad like when people like you're like like you're fat or i feel fat or something i think that i it's really important to promote like being healthy and taking care of your body but as a goal in general one day i might be a mom i don't know i would hope instead of talking about fat more so talking about having a healthy lifestyle and like you said Okay, what else is causing you to feel like that? Is there something you can't control? So you're saying this is how you can control it. Or finding a better way to dress your body.
2: Yeah, or just, like, the words that we use. Yeah. I think that that's really important. I think that you really touched on that of just, like... It's so easy to... If you're feeling bad about yourself, to, like, talk bad about yourself and not think that it's affecting other people. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- it's just, like, words are so powerful because, like... I remember like I had a friend in high school who was very overweight I mean she was awesome super happy about it but I felt like I would complain about how I looked all the time and I just I was like normal and she like actually like sat me down one day and was like Lee <laughs> she was like I love you girl but like the more that you keep calling yourself fat, like what do you that makes me think like what are you thinking about me mm-hmm. and like how I look and I was just like damn i was like i'm like i never thought about that because i was just like selfish and i was just complaining about my own self and i i would never been like oh my god she's disgusting or anything but like the fact that i was complaining about my own body like you have no idea how that makes someone else feel in the room and i think it's just
3: well and yourself too
2: oh for sure like you
3: might just say one time like man i look really fat but hello yeah. You're someone inside that head of yours taking that in. Well, Absolutely. and the things that like
1: you'll say to yourself, oh God, I hope, for the most part, you wouldn't say to other people. Right. So you're like so hard on yourself, but speaking to what you're saying about your friend, I follow mm-hmm. this amazing, I'm going to mess this up, I want to say it's your fat friend, and I think it's like YR fat friend mm-hmm. on Instagram, and I have learned so much from that account because she was saying like the same thing, like what people don't understand when you're always saying, I'm this, I'm that is then if someone is maybe, yes, her, yep. if, if <laughs> somebody is friend. bigger than you, they're like, if they feel that way about their body, then what the heck do they think about my body? Yep. And so it is just like, and it's also understanding how different all of our bodies are. I mean, look at the three of us and we don't look alike at all, mm-hmm. but we've, we're all eating differently and moving differently. And there's nothing wrong with how any of us look. But when we've grown up in this idea and we can say it's gotten better, it's gotten a little better. Mm -hmm. But there are still certain body types that we hold up on pedestals for young girls to look at. And we still say that's the only body that's the right body. And so they're still seeing the wrong idea. You know, like I said, I think social media has made it a little bit better, but in some ways, it's made it a little bit worse. So it just—I think it's really important too for like young girls to understand that we're all going to look different. And even if we did do the exact same diet, the exact same exercise, how our body responds and what we look like is just—it's not going to be the same. Yeah, and that's okay for sure. And we would be so boring if we all looked the same. Stepford would. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I think we're having more. I think the better thing is, is that we're having a lot more conversations and we're yeah. having a lot more openness and, like, we're being able to talk about, like, um, you know, there's brands like Airy and stuff that do, like, no photoshopping oh at all in their, in their photos, which I think is so bomb and so amazing, but with that also comes, now it's, like, Facetune can be downloaded, like, at any moment and anyone can not look like, and it's, it's really like we literally make one stride in one direction and then um, two, two steps in like the other direction, and it's really difficult. With now everything is just so like
1: consumable at our fingertips and on our phones, and so and we can't tell the difference a lot of time. No, as absolutely far as like what is not. real and what is not real, and mm-hmm. God knows men can't tell the difference even worse You're than enough. we can. Yeah. So that's even worse. But that's yeah. a whole other subject. Yeah, they cannot. <laughs>
3: they cannot. Oh, my gosh. Well, my next question for you is when you see somebody who's at the peak of their career and they have a huge failure to them, we'll say, like, an injury. Because that's maybe mm-hmm. in their mind that is a failure. Because now what if this opportunity is lost and this opportunity is lost? Mm-hmm. What is the process? like? Because you go with people through these processes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's easier. I really hate when people say, well, It's almost like they're like, failure is amazing. You should be so excited about it. Like, nobody is excited when something fails. Yeah. That being said, like, I think feel the failure, especially like, so if you're talking about an injury. You have to take people through the grieving process. Like, what is it? mean now for hopefully it's not career ending but even if it's not career ending what if it's season ending and what does that look like for them for an athlete that's a complete detachment from their team unfortunately Mm -hmm. and that's not the team trying to make it a detachment it's just that now you have an injured player who's not in practice who's maybe on the sidelines but that feels different as an athlete to be on the sidelines and that's a huge knock to one's confidence in life in general um you know, failure sucks. God knows I've had plenty of them and I haven't been psyched about them, but being 34 now and like turning back around and seeing some of the things that were failures in my life, just seeing the redirection and those redirections could have taken years and that's fine. That is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but at some point it's like, you just have to realize that failure is going to be, It's going to happen. You can't be afraid of it. That doesn't mean you can, that doesn't mean you're not, you're going to be excited when it happens either, um, but it'll happen and it'll kind of just redirect you to something else. For an athlete, it's just what I've always found with an injury is the busier you can keep them in rehab, like pushing their mental limits as far as, and keeping them safe injury wise. Pushing their mental limits really helps them. And um, I work with an amazing woman named Vanessa Shannon, who is the sports psychologist at the University of Louisville. Mm -hmm. And she is one of those people that's just taking that to the next level, understanding that, especially like high level athletes, like D1 athletes, Mm -hmm. you really have to do, we're in just a new generation that needs more one-on-one attention, who needs to really understand Performance from a psychological aspect, and she really helps people get over the hump. So it's amazing, like a place like Louisville uh, probably a lot of D1 schools, but Louisville's really doing a great job of it is taking the athlete and not just rehabbing them physically, but how do they also get beside them and take them to the next level mentally and keep them fine tuned there as well. So it's a lot that goes into. Um, being injured or be, or failing. Um, it's just you have to realize that at the end of the day it feels like the worst thing and you're allowed to feel that but you will move on and there will be like a new, a, like a redirection in your life.
2: Uh-huh. Yes. I love that especially because I think there has to be some sort of like mental rehabilitation after an injury because for me like think about Obviously, I'm not an athlete, but I'm trying to think of something similar of, like, maybe I, like, stubbed my toe really hard. For the (laughs) next, like, couple weeks, I'm going to be, like, really nervous, like, walking by a table. Like, can you imagine, like, having a horrible ACL tear on a field and then having to get back on that same field once you're rehab? Like, I would be so paranoid and so nervous to do the same thing. So, I think that to actually take the mentality behind it and be like, it's okay. Like, it's a new day. Like, you're going to be fine. Like... I think that's really important and awesome.
1: Well, and I always tell athletes, especially when I was working more in the college setting, like your body gets there long before your mind does. Like it will do things and your mind is like, I, I can't do that. Like that's how I injured it. Or if I jump, that's, yeah. mm-hmm. and so that's why it's important to work with the right people on like the mental aspect. But then when you are doing rehab to push the physical limits in a controlled setting so that they see like, oh, I can do this. And then obviously you slowly progress them out to their sport, mm-hmm. but you really athletes like love to be pushed. That's why there's so much more fun to do rehab with than like the general population. Sorry, general population. <laughs> um, but it's just the joy of being able to push them to a limit and you can see like the click in their brain, like, Oh, I can't do this. Okay. Next thing. And you know, that's how you really get them over the hump. But honestly, that's Anybody. I mean, if you have an old lady who falls on the ice and fractures her hip and you Mm got to get her back to balancing after surgery, it's in that controlled setting just slowly showing her that she can balance, that she can get back out into her life. Because the last thing you want to do for anybody is after any injury, make them think that their life won't be as fulfilled or that they can't do the things they want to do.
3: So for the people who are not athletes, I feel like this can be pushed into everyday work, everyday life. Like the same type of scenario with failure, defeat, or feeling down on yourself. So how would you take what you do with an everyday athlete that has got hurt or they're trying to rebuild, how would you transition that to give advice to somebody who isn't necessarily playing a sport, but they're just playing that life sport? (laughs)
2: the game called life.
3: (laughs) the game called (laughs) life.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think it's that same thing. It's like you have to push yourself. The things that you don't care about that will, say, fail, I don't even know if they're going to feel like failures to you, because mm-hmm. you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So the things that typically fail that, like, really hit you hard are the things that you really care about, and so then I think you just have to reassess, like, well, why do I really care about this? So I was telling you guys earlier, we started um, a women's sports medicine program at the company that I work at. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going fabulous. Um, and, you know, it was just decided to kind of end the program, at least the way that we had been running it. And that was a huge failure to me because female athletes are a huge passion of mine. They also need to be treated differently mm-hmm. as far as, like, medical treatment because our bodies react differently to different things. Once mm-hmm. again, that's a subject for another day. But, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, that failure led me eventually to writing women do because there was still that passion for me as far as like women's issues women women athletes all that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. it was like how do I take this failure and just redirect it and I think that if you can see a failure and still find whatever it was that you were passionate about in that and then push yourself maybe in another direction Mm -hmm. or you know maybe you just have to change the way you're approaching the same, like with my program, for example, maybe I needed to change my approach Mm -hmm. and recreated it. But for me, it was just like, this is, I just need to continue to take my passions and use my voice the way that I want to. So what does that mean? And then you just have to push yourself. I mean, I'm not fully comfortable with people reading my blogs. I'm much more comfortable with it now, Mm -hmm. but it took me six months, of writing before I even put the website out, website out yeah. just because I was self-conscious about that, but I had to push myself. And then uh, the first year I said, okay, I'm going to post every day on social media and I'm going to write a blog once a week, which was God, not always easy. I don't have that much to say. always, <laughs> um, <laughs> But it was like, I had to push myself to make sure this was something that I wanted to do. And I just think that with failure, you have to assess why it's devastating to you what can you still hang on to and then how do you redirect that to something else
3: i love that that is really great i
1: mm-hmm. think the
3: biggest thing is redirecting mm-hmm. like okay you failed like feel the failure learn from the failure but redirect it so like your passion is mo your passion is motivating women so you can't do it this way but i'm going to do it this way yeah you're not giving up on it you're just making it better hopefully it's cool
1: yeah. absolutely
2: <laughs> i love that absolutely. i love that well all this talk about women in sports I feel like a really hot topic lately <laughs> 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 has been uh the u.s women's national team <laughs> love them they've kind of been over they've kind of been everywhere mm-hmm. lately um and there's been a lot of talks about um you know their attitudes and like how arrogant they were and a, a lot of just like the american attitude that the whole team have what are i want to know your thoughts on this and i especially, especially working with women in sports like do you think that it was like they were going too far. Do you think that it was like everyone was just making every dollar on nothing? Like, what's your what's your opinion on that? I'd like to know.
1: Um, I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I've been in love with the U.S. women's soccer team since the '99ers. Like, I can still remember exactly where I was where, when Brandi Chastain hit that goal. Yeah. Or that PK. <laughs> so let's just preface it there. Right. <laughs> a little biased. But um, it's okay. A little bit.
2: Me too. It's all right.
1: <laughs> but I love it because I think that it is just where women need to go. Like, I'm so done apologizing and overanalyzing. I, I will send emails, does that sound too assertive? I'm a very assertive person. Honestly. You have to be. I can human. be a lot sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I've also, my career has been really male-dominated and that's in part made me probably a little this way. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I just think they are where females, not just athletes, but in general need to be just unapologetic for who we are and taking over the world in a sense. I've worked with plenty of athletes. And at the end of the day, like I said earlier, they might be confident on the field and those women are confident on the field. I, but they're also showing their confidence off the field. And that's what people aren't used to. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with, being that way i mean how many male athletes like alex morgan said i won't repeat what she said Mm -hmm. but you know the celebrations that the male athletes have done but even if you look at the nfl the celebrations Mm -hmm. it's sport that's what sports are meant to be people are just taken aback because it's females being unapologetic about being good athletes or as megan rapino said like i deserve this and she was um at the world cup parade Yeah. yeah You do deserve it. I mean, for sure. you put in a lot of work to be that high level of an athlete and yeah. to be paid what they get paid, which is not very good. They sacrifice a lot and they shouldn't have to apologize for it anymore. And what they've given to, I read this amazing book just about the U.S. women's soccer team, basically from the 91 team all the way up to this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The time that like Which Julie Fowdy that? and Brandy Chastain and all these women put in to create what it is now. Like this wasn't this is not an overnight creation.
3: Right. This was
1: women making a decision that they were gonna change how they were treated. So you know what? Absolutely. When you do it, put your arms out and take a bow. Like I have you no should. problem Completely. with it. And,
2: totally. and it's should. not just like I feel like for so long we just expected, especially female athletes, to just like be happy to be here. Like I'm just so grateful mm-hmm. to be here. Like, no, like you no, like you deserve this and you should celebrate to the nth degree. Yeah. I agree yeah. What book was it that you read?
1: It's by Caitlin Murray. I was gonna
2: say, was it Caitlin Murray? Did you book? read it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was
1: amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Um and Abby Wombach's book also says something about like being being grateful, but also that doesn't mean that's all you have to be.
3: I think it's important to be it. humble and proud, but you deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Completely. Like, I, the fact that she says I deserve this, you 100% deserve this. Yeah. Well, who
1: in their job hasn't worked their butt off and been like, Mm -hmm. and doesn't always get maybe some of the appreciation that you should. For sure. And then you're at home with your glass of wine, like, well, hey girl, you deserve this, if nothing else. So, I mean, for them to just be like, yeah, I deserved it. Yeah. Well,
3: how often do they get to, like, go all out and celebrate their win
1: yeah for how
3: long amount of time do you get to
2: do that and i feel like people don't realize like this is what people who just like all of a sudden they just know about women's soccer just because like it's been in the news for the past like two months people Mm -hmm. don't realize like that team had like a horrible failure in 2016 in the olympics like it was embarrassing like i remember being like oh my god and then like Hope Solo got let go from the national team like banned from U.S. soccer like it was so ridiculous like like it went down like stuff went down and for them to come back and just like absolutely dominate I mean like Rapino tore ACL for the third time and then everyone thought that she was like done for and over and was just like retire you're too old and like now for her to come back and just like like everything about this World Cup was just like yes you all deserve this. Literally, you all deserve this, and you should be. Stoked
1: well, as... people also think that they were the favorites. I mean, yes, people picked them, but they weren't. People weren't Mm-mm. guaranteeing a win from them based on how they did in the Olympics, how they look iffy in some of the friendlies before. Yeah. So and they not looking too Whatever. They in. were amazing. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah I great. might have gotten emotional several times. Oh, I absolutely. But... Tried. It's okay. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, I cried. <laughs> it's alright. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Well, Sorry, Chelsea, I no. just had to nerd out about that. <laughs> well, you from am sitting team.
3: back here, I'm thinking, like, this, as great as that is, it totally relates to your life as a oh, working woman. For sure. You, yes, you reach a goal, you should be like, I deserve this, because you did, because you worked for it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people aren't going to expect you to be number one. They're not going to expect you to win. Mm-hmm. And that's fine but it just is going to feel so much better when you do.
2: Definitely.
1: Cool. So
3: own it. Be proud of it.
1: Yeah. Take a picture of yourself with your glass of wine and put it on Instagram. Hey, yeah. you deserve it. You deserve it, girl. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's I awesome. Awesome.
3: Cool. Yeah. So at the end of every episode, we like to give, um, our guests little platform to stand on to share what, anything we haven't asked, talked to you about, brought up, something that really hits home for you. Um, Something that's just stood out to you, and you are more than welcome to share something. Um, if you're like, you just put me on the spot, yeah. so
2: or it like, can be yeah. just like anything that's been on your mind. It's like in, we say it's like in yoga at the end where you just like do whatever pose you feel like doing. This is the time to do whatever pose you feel like doing. If you want to promote yourself, say hey, this is my blog, Go follow it. <laughs> whatever. <know>.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> um, do I get a minute to think about it?
2: Absolutely. We can go. We um, can give them. more examples. Like, you can, like, talk about, like, an album you've been listening to lately. <laughs> or, when I'm looking at your Instagram, you have, like, so
3: many awesome motivational posts.
2: Um, um,
3: you can talk about
2: your dog,
1: your cat, your... Your dog is amazing. <laughs> um, I guess... What I would just say, what has been on my mind lately, is that you cannot be afraid to ask for what you deserve. You have to be aware that you're gonna potentially get a no, and that's okay. You, If you don't ask for it, you're not gonna get it. You have to understand the power of the ask, the power of pushing people who, at the end of the day, Everybody, unfortunately, especially in the workplace, is probably looking after number one, which mm-hmm. is themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so if <laughs> sure. you don't ask for it, if you don't say the things you need, then you can't be surprised when you don't get them. So, oh my
3: gosh, that's so- <laughs> that just resonates. <laughs> yeah, like, I <laughs> ask for it. it
1: but uh, other than that, I would love if everybody followed my Instagram, which is women underscore do. <laughs> um, and then the blog is women do blog.com. And feel free to reach out, questions, concerns, or if you hate all the advice I give. That's fine. We can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: can talk about
1: it. Fine. fine. We can talk That's
3: about great. it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for
1: having me. <laughs> yes. I thanks it. for the
2: good vibes. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Hopefully,
1: always. You know, I'll try. Always good
2: vibes. Always
1: good
2: vibes. <laughs> cool. Um, we'll make sure to tune in next week to another episode. We have another awesome guest on next week that we will tease. Oh,
3: oh no, I uh, like that. That's your
2: tease right there. That's your tease. We tease. Just, we're going to tease you about somebody. Um, Follow us on Instagram at CJ Cell Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at CJ Cell Podcast. <laughs> right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> like, what is our Facebook? Um, and please like, subscribe, rate, review. It helps our ratings. Love you. Have a wonderful Thursday. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.